one quote that I have a trademark for, Cara, is if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my friends and people that I so admire what they have built over the years, Fred DeVito and Elizabeth Hathpap. If you do not know Fred and Elizabeth, I'm going to share a little bit about them. They are the co-founders of Core Bar Fit, but I knew them years ago when I was lucky enough to be out in the Hamptons for uh, a summer, a few summers actually, and they had this amazing studio that I used to go to to do the core, that was the first time that I had ever seen core. And I remember dragging my husband to one and sharing a little bit more about Fred and Elizabeth. And I think it was like the first time that he really thought about working out. And then and then he would only do classes when Fred was doing it. That was the other thing I remember that he just adored Fred on a lot of levels. But anyway, <laughs> so Fred and Elizabeth are also partners, married, and Elizabeth began her bar fitness journey as an associate in dance education at the School of Hartford Ballet. But prior to that, she was a classically trained um, ballerina and uh, saw the future in bar training super early on to just bring it to lots of people who might not have been fortunate enough to do what Elizabeth was doing her early years. And Fred also created a series of videos, of bar videos, and co-authored the Bar Fitness book. But he's also, in addition to being just an incredibly a great business person and had followed his passion around dance as well, an accomplished jazz double bass player, I understand. I have not heard this side of you, uh-huh. um, which I can't wait, and uses his talents to inspire the playlists used in many of the core bar fit classes. So welcome. We're going to learn more about your experience, probably things that I didn't even know, but very excited to have you on the show. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, something that maybe I didn't mention and some of your background? Thank you, Cara. Thank you for having us. We're so excited uh, to be here with you and share our journey. Uh, Actually, not many people know this about us, but we actually go way back to high school. I was Fred's senior prom date. Really? I did not know this. Very fun. And um, we just ended up being partners starting from our senior prom evening then stayed together through high school, through college. I was dancing. Fred was health and physical education uh, teacher and major. And we sort of had this passion of movement all our lives. I think that's what attracted us to each other. Yeah, I played football. She was the head cheerleader. So that brought us together like a magnet. (laughs) And that's where it started. I love this. And then she went to school for dance and I went to school for physical education. I played sports and, you know, did all the athletic training things. And she was learning dance education. And so we had parallel careers, but totally in different uh, areas of fitness. And then we had an opportunity to bring it all together. So moving on for my dance career, I was still dancing a little bit. In fact, I still dance every year in the Nutcracker in New York City as an adult in the party scene, but of course not. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. A lot of the retired dancers are in that act, but I discovered an ad in the New York Times in 1980 for a studio uh, requesting 
teachers who have a background in ballet. And at that point, there was a lot of aerobics going on in the early 80s and some gymnastic classes. It wasn't much going on in the fitness world except a few boutique studios. And I thought, hmm, this sounds very interesting. It could be a part-time job as I'm still auditioning in New York for dance and ballet. I answered the ad. I went to go take my first class June 21, 1980 on the fourth floor at 23 East 67th Street. It was all steps, brownstone. It was the Mecca of Bar, the first boutique bar studio ever in the United States called the Lottie Burke Method. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. I thought I was in the best shape ever. I was wobbling down the steps. I could not get out of bed the next morning. And I got a phone call that, hey, yes, we'd love for you to come back and we'd love to hire you. And I was so excited. I think I fell out of bed because I really wanted to teach this technique. It just resounded so well with my ballet background and training, working on the position and the alignment and the strengthening and the flexibility component. As you know, Cara, the balance of the two are so important. Mm-hmm. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. 
I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And um, I started uh, teaching 1980 and three years, I were still dating at the time. And that was when Lottie Burke was for women only bar fitness started, you know, just for women. Fred wasn't even allowed to come in the building. I couldn't even come in the building. It was just for women. Hmm. Then I had the opportunity to open up a Lottie Burke method in Los Angeles. And we looked at each other and said, hey, now we can get married. It made sense for us because we lived in two different cities. I was in central New Jersey playing my bass and teaching physical education in the public school system. Liz was in New York City doing Lottie Burke Method. And we had no reason to change our paths. Everything was working until this offer to go to L.A. So I left my jobs and moved out west. We got married. I started to play music. In the L.A. scene, which is uh, a good area to play music, and uh, Liz was teaching Lottie Burke Method out there, and that happened for about a year. And then in 84, we came back to New York City by request from the owners of Lottie Burke Method, and that's when I joined the company in 1984. And right around the end of 84, I started to teach bar as the first male bar teacher in the world. Interesting. Up until this time, it was only for women. So when I got in there... I brought a lot of my athletic training, weight training, planks, push-ups, made it a little more gender neutral and crossover. And we started to have classes just for men to see how they would respond to this kind of exercise. And they took to it like a duck to water. They just loved it. But an interesting fact, I hired Fred. She hired me. I was the (laughs) at the point. And and she trained me. I trained Fred in his first we did his first class in New York, and then we jumped in the car and drove out here. To I Bert couldn't Hampton. move. I was so my muscles were so frozen. I opened the door, fell out. But I thought I was in good shape at 23 years old. I was an athlete who really took care of my body, and when I started to do these exercises, I realized what I was missing, and so that intrigued me. It didn't turn me off. It turned me on because I wanted to work on the things that. You know, one quote that I have a trademark for, Cara, is if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Yeah. I have the trademark for that quote. And I think it started back then, that that was an ultimate challenge for me. And it did change me. It put me in the best shape of my life. Well, I remember taking your class and it was the first place that I really heard this whole concept of core. And it's one thing to have you know, the core as the name of the class. I mean, originally, like you said, it was all about bar, but it was really about core and forcing you to be in touch with that and feel that. And I think that anytime I've had a situation, whether it's my back or my neck, I start, I go back to my core and figure out, am I sitting right? Am I, you know, it, what is exactly going on with my alignment or whatever as I sit here and slope mm-hmm. over? Um, but again, I think I go back to I remember you all fondly. So how did when you first brought this up? So you're you mentioned Bridgehampton. So did you leave Lottie Burke at this point and then go out to start uh, your own in or was there a few years in Bridgehampton 
before? Yeah, so there are quite a number of years um, before we started Exhale. Uh, again, going back for a moment to our first classes, we both knew at that point, this, there's something in this technique of the, the balance of position alignment, strength and flexibility, the core work, because it was based around Lottie's degenerated discs in her spine, she did a lot of core stabilization, right? Mm. Holding the core, keeping the transverse abdominis, which is the best abdominal wall muscle or deep internal muscle, and moving the arms and legs around that. So Lottie Burke was the first studio out here in the Hamptons because obviously it was Upper East Side, New York City back in the 70s and 80s. And where did everyone go? mostly back then, out here, still do. So we would go back and forth every summer. Even off-season, we come out here. It was um, an amazing potato barn that the Lottie Burke owner um, converted into a studio looking over amazing fields, cornfields, potatoes. Every year it would change. So Fred and I, we then were working together, and we did everything. We, we taught six classes a day, six days a week. We managed. We trained all the teachers, we cleaned the studios, you know, coming back to, you know, your book, are you, you just, you do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You love what you're doing. It, it of course, it, it was work at, at times, but it really did not feel like work because we believed in it so much. At 20 years, we did this for Lottie Burke Method. We ran two years, we ran the business and taught most of the classes. We learned how to train teachers mm-hmm. We learned the art of teaching bar and core. And so towards the end of our stay at Lottie Burke Method, we had the opportunity to grow this into a worldwide company. And that intrigued us to move on. Where Lottie Burke, Lydia Bach, Lottie Burke, they wanted to stay small business, two studios and not grow it. And Liz and I were getting very antsy to grow it because we knew we had something very special. So Exhale, the owner, the founder, approached us to join her, and we did back in 2000. 2002. 2002. We were in discussion, 2000, beginning of 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Fred was saying, we, the, the owner was an absentee owner of Lottie Burke Method. So we, we, were in the, you know, we were in the fields every day and really you know, seeing this interaction, seeing how bodies were changing, seeing how people were shifting their lives back then. And, you know, the, this type of exercise wasn't even in any magazines back then. It was, you know, pretty much under the radar. It was, you know, you do this, you do that. But, you know, this type of exercise came forth through Vogue magazine back then, Self magazine, obviously, but New York Times, New York Magazine, no one ever had written about movement back then. Mm. And it really educated what we were doing, we were, which we love and still do today, is we were educating people how to move properly and thinking of a longevity type of movement that stays with you with whatever activity you go forth doing, whether you stay with our classes or move to different activities. So we we just wanted to, to give more. As teachers, you just want to give. And mm-hmm. we, how can we spread this more? And... And Beth Eschbach, uh, the creator of the Exhale um, name or brainchild behind it, was one of our students at Lottie Burke Method. And one January evening, dead of the winter, 5.30 at night, she came in. Took she came class. in and she, she approached me about, I have this idea and I want to start this company that she was a spa operator. And she wanted Peninsula. to blend the worlds of spa and fitness under one roof. Hmm. It was unique because that model did not exist. And we called it a mind-body studio. That term didn't exist back then. We were into creating an opportunity for people to improve their well-being through wellness. That concept didn't really uh, wasn't really popular back in 2002, 2003. So we opened up our first location on Madison Avenue. But wait, prior to that, we were, this is a funny story. We were cooking in the kitchen out here. Mm-hmm. We were living here full time um, that year. And we actually, um, the owners of the, the Bikram franchise out here, they had a little space in the, uh, in the um, Bridgehampton shopping center. And we just rented space per hour. 
So we go in, the carpet was a little wet. Yeah, they were, and, it was a very <laughs> moist environment. But people came <laughs> and we felt so, you know, we, it was very um, scary for us. We chose to leave Lottie Burr and we were both choosing to leave in the same profession. We had really no... So you, so you had fear, uh, we, you for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, you know, we're jumping from one branch to another together. It's not like somebody can hold down the fort with the economics and the other one goes out to explore a new career. We were exploring it together. And we just did it. We, we thought about it, yes, but, you know, I like to say a, a phrase in my, in, when I teach, you know, it's your heart and your core, right, your core navel area. It's your instinct, right? You put your hands here. Let the, usually your decisions are made from those two points, your heart and your core. And then the brain gets in the way, right? Then the brain starts to think. Yeah. And, well, that's uh, where the fear comes in when you overthink it. Right. But yeah. uh, but we, we cooked in the kitchen in Bridgehampton for one whole summer. And we created this class that you've come to know as called Core Fusion. Mm-hmm. And it was a hybrid blend of bar exercises from Lottie Burke method core exercises that were pretty standard and we just brought this whole world together to create core fusion which is a fusion of disciplines based around the core a core centric mm-hmm. class we taught that at exhale we did a dozen dvds under that name core fusion for exhale we wrote our book we wrote our book called bar fitness which okay. will did i send you a copy uh, no, but I will buy it for sure. But I, I think just for people who don't understand too, it was it was the first time that I've ever seen a wait list on a class. I mean the the lineup, and I remember it was just it was the race, and people wanted they couldn't get enough of you guys and and your classes, and it was just, I mean you definitely you gained this following, but I'm sure you also got this like you said, personally, this amazing feedback from day one on how you're changing people's lives. And obviously, you had been at Lottie Burke for over 20 years, so you had that uh, there as a teacher. But as a business owner, I mean, when did you really know that you were successful? I guess was, I mean, when did you get to a point where you weren't afraid, right? Where you were I, I feel like all along the way, you kept challenging the system and you kept growing and doing DVDs and doing that, right? You were constantly trying to learn. So where was the point where you really thought, okay, we got this. We're, we're kind of doing it. Well, I think when we, when we went to Boston, because Exhale was, Exhale was New York City. Now think 20, New York, 20, New York City, Bridgehampton, New York City area. Bridgehampton, yeah. yeah. And for 22 years, we're teaching these people, women and men, who looked like they were 20 years younger than they actually were. Mm -hmm. So we knew that the technique worked. We see these women come in, they're in their 50s and 60s, they look like they're in their 30s and 40s. They have kids, they bounce right back, they got the same body. Their kids now start to take the class with us, the husbands come. The husband's tennis improves, injuries. We get all the accolades and all of the confirmation of people doing better at their sport, less injury, more energy, better sex life, better body, better everything. And so we knew we had something. And it gave us the confidence to take this now to another community. So our first was Boston. And for sure, our investors were looking at us. To make sure we could scale. Really, my mm-hmm. eyes of the, the next level, because we were projected to do 26 locations within five, five years. I remember when that point came up for you guys. I mean, I, I remember that. And, it, it's, uh, and so had you had investors up until, like, when did you have your first investors outside of, you know, sort of friends and family? Exhale. We had a private company back us. And uh, we went to Boston and it was fearful because we didn't know if it was going to work there. Whole base of clientele, whole new group of teachers that we had to train. We had to micromanage. We spent a lot of time on the Amtrak going back and forth uh, to Boston. And once Boston took off and we saw- It took a while. It took a good six to eight months. And once that community started to gel, that's when we felt, all right, we got something here that we could scale. And that gave us confidence. And then you moved from, you came to the West Coast, right? Yeah, Chicago or Boston, Chicago, Dallas. 
eventually Santa Monica, Miami, three properties, Stanford, Connecticut, Atlanta. Um, we, we, in our, in our, I guess at our peak, we had what? 28 locations. 28 locations with Exhale. Bermuda and Turks and Caicos as well. And so we that were, was we another were dynamic. We were overseeing all of the teacher training. We were traveling. Each of us was traveling to a different city a couple weeks out of the month. You know, you're probably your hot wheels on your suitcase too. <laughs> Um, so we did a lot of traveling. We did a lot of teacher training. We were overseeing quality control because with this kind of exercise in the world now, bar is, is an industry within itself. Now, when Liz and I started, we created this industry and we were really, we were the first generation. I mean, Lottie Burke and we started this whole bar fitness genre. You know, you had your yoga Pilates. And I think besides that point, Fred, of opening up in Boston and investors saying, okay, they can do this. Um, and it was really mostly dependent on our end, on the mind body, the fitness component. You know, spa was easy, right? Operating, it always has, has its challenges. But what I, I really, another point where I thought we were successful, two points is that were also pivotal points where that. For four years, five five years after we started, we started to branch out core fusion bar, core fusion yoga, core fusion, mm-hmm. or I don't know if you remember those core fusion yeah. hits. And I thought at that point we have to, you know, name each class, put core fusion in front. And I put out the word bar, B-A-R-R-E. Now there was bar method that was B-A-R, but bar was the correct French term from you know my ballet days of what we really use in class and seeing that word come out and five years later having an industry explode in bar fitness stemming a lot of those teachers came out of our uh, training and ran studios for us or were lead teachers at Lottie Burke or at Exhale that was another moment that we built something that was just at this little place, you know, little niche cult place at 23 East 67th Street to now internationally bar fitness is out there as its own fitness genre. And what do you think were the biggest challenges there in in terms of watching this? And, and, and frankly, I mean, probably some of these different outfits, some related to you, some not, right, that we're doing it wrong. Wrong is a, is a very loose term, you know? Right? It's, it's like, how do you do a push-up? There's, there's a lot of ways to do a push-up. So, but we did a lot of teacher training. In, in 10 years of Exhale, we trained only teachers for Exhale. Mm-hmm. And then at the 10-year mark, we saw a void in the industry where if you weren't part of a franchise, if you weren't bar method franchise or pure bar franchise or daily method franchise, where are you going to get your training? Mm-hmm. Franchises took care of training their groups. There was a void in the industry to do bar teacher training to the masses. So we created a bar teacher training program through Exhale that was a 200-hour program, well, 40-hour for the masses. and we would have public sessions that people would fly in from all over the world to take our teacher training. And they would go back to their communities and start bar studios. And then the other, the other point about that, which was another interesting moment, and you probably know this car from being around the bar industry, is no one trained teachers outside of their, their own studio. Mm-hmm. We want to share the secrets. But we always knew as teachers and business owners, the only way to grow a business is when you give some of that power away and encourage and support other teachers and other teachers who want to start a business and bar. You need to share and give it away at some point, still have control and still have, you know, the the quality and the, um, you know, some regulations. But Overall, the only way to grow is let's grow this thing together. And when we opened up this teacher training to outside the exhale walls, a lot of the other bar studios looking at us, what are they doing? 
Why, why are, are you doing that? Why are you giving that? Why away? are you giving your goal? Yeah. Well, and, and it totally makes sense because you're teaching and also you're teaching the next generation, right? But you also want it done correctly. So I think it is the right way to way to do things for sure. What do you feel was the biggest challenge for you going from first year, the step into entrepreneurism and then growing it and scaling it? I mean, you're involved in a giant company. I think so often people feel it gets too big. It's not fun anymore. I mean, it's it. What do you think was kind of the biggest learnings that you take away from that? We got there. We got to that point because mm-hmm. our company grew. And as Liz said, giving the power away, when we had 26 properties teaching our system. Mm-hmm. We had to put a point person, and I'm sure you have point people all over, all over the country also. Mm-hmm. You put a point person in place, and that's the person in charge of that program to make sure the quality is there, the teachers are doing the right thing, and that they are connected to us so we can trickle down all the changes, all the innovations, all of the mm-hmm. you know things that we've done to enhance the program. We want to make sure we're all connected. And the people that we trained who teach in Germany, in China, Saudi in Arabia. Saudi Arabia, in South America, in Mexico, in Canada, in Switzerland, Iceland, Iceland we have teachers from all over the world who are teaching our system we gave it to them to teach. Now, what they did with it when they got home, we have no clue. We weren't mm-hmm. in But we do know now when we're in this situation of pandemic and we're only connecting now through live stream, we have international students in our classes. A lot of these teachers and former trainees are now taking class with us just to reconnect and to be part of our system again. So that validates to me what we did was correct because these people are still connected to us. But I think the challenge, Car, coming back to your question, what was one of our biggest challenges is, you know, really um, we were front of the curtain. Even we had a really interesting position within Exhale, right? We four of us founded Exhale, as you know, two women, Ann Beth and another woman. They were the spa component, our CEO and COO, and then Fred and I, the four of us, won this, and. They weren't really front of curtain. We were front of curtain seeing the day-to-day. We were connecting with the people. We were actually bringing revenues into the company, right, by teaching, right? And um, I think sometimes it's hard to translate that um, what you're doing front of curtain, how to bring that back into corporate and have corporate sometimes understand that dynamic. We had that moment where, okay, the the numbers are dropping, which happens, you know, businesses go up and down, as you know, what are you doing wrong? You know, what are you doing wrong? Fix it right away. You can't fix those things right away. Sometimes if it's a industry situation. Right. And also competition. I mean, not just competition in terms of what, you know, close to what you do, but obviously there's other things that come up that people are are doing. It doesn't mean that they're not going to come back to what you're doing. Uh, so, uh, but I I totally agree. When you're you have that relationship with the consumer, and and I think that that's that that's sometimes hard. And and it's hard in big companies. It's hard in private equity back companies. Frankly, it's a different mindset. Yeah, there came a moment where Exhale was purchased by Hyatt, which was a another. I know, did not know that. Yeah, well, that 27, was 2017. Yeah, Hyatt was purchased. Uh, sorry, Hyatt purchased Exhale, Exhale. Which, which was a good, a very good thing. You know, we were, we were. It was a good direction. You know, to put in some more capital growth investment, and you know, they wanted it, like a lot of hotel companies wanted a well-being component to their portfolio. They also bought Miraval as well, and um, you know, I worked a lot with Miraval and Exhale at that point. But coming back, another big challenge for us now, we're in the fitness industry. And a lot of challenge, another big challenge that came to us is they're old. Hmm. You know, they're, we're the young people. And you can't really say it's age discrimination. Yes, I understand it. And, you know, there was a point where we were sort of put aside a little bit with younger people. Uh, moving into our roles, which is great. The change has to happen and people have to, um, this has happened after Hyatt bought Exhale. 
that you need to give opportunity to the next generation, but there still needs to be a collaboration between old and new because some things, there's always that bottom sort of thread that's a really strong core to the program that needs to be continually held with every generation that goes beyond us. So things got a little murky and uh, we stayed with it as long as we could, but then we saw that this isn't the direction we necessarily want to move forward. And we were just at the point where we were thinking about what else can we do when uh, the pandemic sort of came around. Prior to that, it was a really low time, a challenging time, Carver was two years into the purchase of Exhale from Hyatt. And again, I'm not, no one's bad, no one's indifferent, it's business, you know. Yeah. Some people look at the numbers, what's working, what's not working. We got to fix that, move that around, get it. Um, Budget cuts start to happen. And last year, October 2019, my position was eliminated at Exhale. And as hard as it was for me, now remember Fred and I were, Fred was still there. I decided, you know, okay, it's time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, it's rare that founders actually stay with acquisitions as long as you did. Right. You get this bug inside of you that says, I've got to go back and create. And oftentimes in the process, no matter what industry in the process of actually having that acquisition, Mm -hmm. they don't want innovation, right? It's the problem with large companies as Mm -hmm. a whole. They, they're, they basically, they buy something and then they just want to do the same thing every single day. Right. And they want to stick it into a nice, easy model that continues and it's not until and and then oftentimes when it's not working they don't innovate they just shut it down mm-hmm. that's true it's what happens and it's not just the exercise industry or spa industry it's it's every industry it's you know at i mean coca-cola they'll they'll buy products for billions of dollars and then they'll be like oh nobody wants it anymore just shut it down right and i mean it's it's shocking right? On so many levels, but it happens all the time. So not anything you should take personally at all. It was time. And, but sometimes that's hard, right? Not feeling wanted, right? And I mean, that's a tough thing, but it's also, I, I always talk and I know you believe this, it's your journey, yes, right? And it's, it's what happened. And sometimes when you're in challenging times and then you gotta, it's, you gotta, pick yourself up and dust yourself off and go do the next thing. So you do this yeah. and then the pandemic hits and yeah. woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> was finding her way. Okay. Right. So, so she was like, yeah. oh. I love it. But so she's finding her way. And our, our, I think her biggest uh, disappointment was that we weren't working together uh, because we worked together all of our adult lives. We were partners and we're a brand and, they severed that. And now I'm with Exhale. She's floating and, and trying to recreate. And she had four or five coals in the fire and lots of opportunities. I'm coming sure. Up. And I'm with Exhale thinking, okay, I'm here. I'm going to make the best of it. But it didn't feel the same. Mm-mm. It was a little weird. And I'm thinking about myself that maybe I need to be moving on. And just as I'm like sort of floating and not knowing what to do, pandemic was getting worse. And then all of a sudden, we were shut down and sent home mid-March. Exhale. Closed all their properties. I'm working from home. We decided to leave New York City because it was getting so bad. We moved out to our home here in Bridgehampton, where we've stayed. And Liz is working now teaching privates and doing little groups on Zoom through another private company of personal trainers. And I'm watching her do this, and I'm thinking, maybe we should team teach a class together. So we put a class up on Eventbrite, April 6th. And uh, we just announced that she and I were going to be team teaching a bar class. And we hadn't done that for over a year. And then within 100 people signed up. Within 20 minutes. And then we opened it up to 300 people. And with a half hour, that was sold out. And we thought, wow, people really want us. So we taught the class and we told them, if you want more of this, let us know. They did. We created a little schedule. We started to teach together a couple of classes a week. 
it was going really well. You were still with Exhale. I'm still with Exhale on half salary, half schedule because of uh, of the pandemic. We were really closing everything down. Most teachers were on furlough. I was lucky to still have a job. But it got to the point where I wanted to work with Liz in Core Bar Fit. Our business was growing. Uh, so we took the leap of faith on Again. one day. I went into New York City and I closed our apartment and paid the penalty for, for cutting the lease. We moved out here. I resigned from Exhale. We don't have to have apartment in New York City. We don't need to be working at Exhale anymore. So that was it. And how's it going? I mean, it sounds like it's going great. Here we are. We're, we're, we're going to grow our own business now. And we brought, a, we brought a buddy in who's a really good marketer who does all of our marketing and all of our business administration so we can stay front of curtain and a lot of back of curtain. Liz does administration three, four hours a day. But, it's- but we had a chance to be together, team teach. And we're growing our virtual business now. What is it? Eight months now we're doing this? Since uh, April? Since April. It feels like yesterday. Right? Every month we're getting a little bigger. Every month we're doing more. But a lot of our colleagues have also gone off into live stream and they're competing with us for people. But I think where we have an advantage is the international crowd. You know, the people mm-hmm. that we've, and that stems back to that teacher, teacher training. training that we did back in those days at Exhale, totally. where we have this audience now, and we've done a lot of conferences and a lot of workshops and things. So we're pooling from our, sometimes our classes, we have five or six different countries in them. And so you can do that on live stream. So that's a great thing. And always yeah. need something new, right? Don't be daunted, right, by technology. Right. And you just go figure it out. Well, and that's the thing that I always say that it's, it's people like you that have, you've grown things, you go back to the the beginning and learning these things. I mean, there's definitely people in the exercise industry that have basically, they're having a pity party for themselves, right? And they're not, they're not doing anything. And they are trying to figure out, maybe I should go into a different career, maybe I should do something else. But it's the people that innovate and actually figure out what can you do, mm-hmm. right, are the ones that are going to survive, but they're also going to be successful. And I'm not surprised to hear that you've got ha- hundreds of people signing up for these classes because you have built a brand. And I think that that's the most challenging thing for these new people who want to come in. It's, it's really, do you think you'll ever open a, a live studio? Uh, you know what? It's, we're talking because we're thinking now we're in the first quarter of 2021. We're mm-hmm. thinking second quarter when people are vaccinated and people may be a little bit more. Well, they won't all be vaccinated by then, but people will be maybe venturing out again. We're entertaining. We taught outdoors last uh, summer and we have a couple of places here. The vineyard, the, the Topping, Topping Rose, Rose and Wolford Vineyard where they allow us side and so we were doing that once once or, or sometimes two three times a week and we're getting our local people come there to us and then still doing virtual for the international crowd people who can't be with us live so that's the big uh, i guess uh, pivot right now is whether or not we're going to do anything with bricks and mortar i tend to not want to at this moment uh mm-hmm. don't strap ourselves down with any type of a lease obligation mm-hmm. i'm sort of enjoying my life the way it is. Yeah. And you don't have to either. But I think I was on an interview with somebody who's does a lot of live events yesterday and she was she's you know done what you all have done and gone to virtual and and she was saying she would like to go back to live events at some point. She doesn't know she'll still do as many. Right? Yeah. It may be and it may be kind of the same model at, but she said now if there is another pandemic right? She's able to survive and, and her, and know that she can actually operate her business in multiple ways. And I think that that's something that you've learned during this time and not to stop. It's never look back, you know, Carl, you, you can never doubt yourself. Once you made the decision, you just have to go with it. So your brain will want to take you there sometimes, but yeah. you have to know we believe in this. We have to keep going forward. We, you know, we, we have, it's just a deep passion inside of us, especially. You're preaching to the choir. I know, especially during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's such a lot of 
tragedy happening, you know, lives being lost of people we knew on the screen, um, you know, people alone. And to have this virtual component. It brings community, right? And I, I think what you're doing is, is absolutely what people, I think it's just getting people to know how to find it, right? And, and I think that that is the, um, that's the biggest thing because I think a lot of people just don't know that these things exist and how do we figure out how to get more and more people. Um, I saw your, uh, your book, Endorsement from Greg Renfrew. Yeah, who is amazing. Greg is a really dear friend of ours, and uh, she's in class a lot, and she's helping us connect to the Beauty Counter consultant base with our class. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, we're, we're offering discount to, the, to them. And she's we been do, amazing. We do classes for them uh, a couple times a month that's free, and Greg mm-hmm. joins, and, and they come on, and, they're getting, and we're getting a lot of, uh, of carryover effect of Beauty Counter consultants now becoming a part of our program. Through Greg, she's been wonderful. That's that's amazing. Well, that's a that's a great idea. I mean, I think there are so many companies too that are really looking at how do we support mm-hmm. our employees, and especially when uh, in many many places. I'm in Northern California. None of the gyms are open. Mm-hmm. And hey, Cara. I know, I know. I believe me. I'm thinking about it right now. So I'm. Uh, and, you join, and you invite your whole community to join us. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, such a, do you have to have a bar? How do you deal with that? Well, we deal with, we have this little bar back here. Do you see it? Mm-hmm. It's called a booty kicker. Uh, their, their business is going through the roof because right. we, we promote this piece of equipment. But also we just use chairs. Yeah. Uh, chairs for a wall. And, countertop. Uh, it was very adaptable what we do. You know, as you know, we don't need much space. Lightweights. A mat and something to hold on to, and you can get a good class. I love it. Well, I love your energy. I love that you are doing it together. That you two have different skill sets, and that is the the dream team. And just closing it out, what is the biggest piece of advice for anyone looking to just disrupt an industry in general? Follow your passion. Follow and, and be relentless. And don't let anything get in the way. I mean, you're going to have bumps, like you said. You'll have ups Mm -hmm. and downs. Mm -hmm. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. But stay focused on your vision. Because if you stay positive, it's all about the energy. Because the only things you can really can control in your life, especially now, are your attitude and your energy. And if you stay positive and you just shield away anything that's trying to get in your way. I'm quoting you from your book. Anything that tries to (laughs) take away from what your vision is, you just let it roll off your back and stay focused on what you're doing. And if you believe in yourself and you send positive energy into the universe, you're going to attract that like energy back into your life and you're going to see a manifestation of your business. And and one thing you said that that resounds with me, the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make is they move too fast, mm-hmm. they want too much, too fast. Mm-hmm. And when I watch our business grow, it's growing. And sometimes we get impatient. We want it to grow faster. And then I pull back and I think, you know what? As long as there's a flow, we have income coming in. We have a plan. We have a direction and a course and a vision. Mm-hmm. We're going to grow this thing and this is going to take off. I don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs> but I think also you have to really listen to your heart and your core. No, definitely. And I always say something something that you said, you know, never look back. Sometimes I I think that if you do look back and you trust that you built something great, which obviously you two did, there's lessons along the way, right, mm-hmm. that are part of your journey that you you're not going there anymore, right? There's there are things that you learned about yourself and learned uh, and and opinions Right about your own journey. Part of the reason why I wanted to write this book was it's my journey. It's what I've learned. So, you know, in the book, I talk about getting kicked out of Starbucks. It was 40% of our overall business. That's why I cared because it was 40%. And now when I look at something that is too much, they have too much control. If it goes away tomorrow, and I say this to our sales team, I, you know, it's, it's, 
teetering at like 35, I'm like, ah, it, it makes me very nervous. And, and that's because I have this journey. And I'm sure you all have those moments. And sometimes they're hard to articulate. But you also, when you're dealt with a pandemic, you can then sit here and say, that's just another moment. We're going to get through this. We're going to do these things because we've been through challenging times. We've learned a lot and we trust ourselves, which yeah. I think is the, is the most, and you trust each other as partners. You got to trust. And the biggest thing too is, you know, you have to remember is your most darkest moments, your most deepest setbacks, they really, there always is a light at the end of the tunnel. And those are your biggest, biggest learning experiences for you to help yourself catapult to where you need to be. The universe, the higher, whatever that may be, sets us up. I love it. It will never hurt you. I love it. That's so great. So where do people find you two and then also CoreBarFit? So CoreBarFit.com. Okay. For the classes and... Book a class or connect with us, info at corebarfit.com, where we can answer your questions or give you insights on what it is you're trying to solve for. But, um, Instagram handles. you know, we have, inst- I mean, I have Instagram, Liz's Instagram, corebarfit is Instagram. I'll send you all that information if you can add those tags to the people who are listening to this. But uh, Liz and I, I are here and we're teachers and we'll always be teachers and we want to help people lead better lives and healthier. That's always been our mission. And that's why we feel that we'll be successful. Because if there is a hire, and that hire is guiding how things are moving, he's going to help people who are helping others. And that's all we do, is we help better lives. And that's, that brings us joy. You know, that really brings us uh, satisfaction. Joy, joy and health. So I love it. I just have to say, this has been a great time chatting with both of you. And if you all liked this episode, please like it and share it and let everybody know about Core Bar Fit and also Fred and Elizabeth because they're so awesome and come back to the Kara Golden Show. So every Monday and Wednesday. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Kara. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders. But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.